Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin chapter 12 in the book of Mark. Yes, we're still in the Passover week, which will eventually culminate in Jesus' crucifixion. But Jesus is still preaching the gospel. And in today's passage, after being confronted by the scribes and Pharisees about where Jesus gets his authority, Jesus begins to teach in a parable. And this parable, well, let's just say it didn't paint the religious leaders of the day in a positive light. And that much they clearly understood. But they didn't learn. They didn't repent. They chose instead to resent and just sought all the more to kill him for speaking the truth. The warning was ignored, and warnings that come from God, well, they're not wise to ignore. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, What Will the Owner Do? Isaiah 5, 1-7. God speaking to Israel through the prophet Isaiah. Let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill, and he dug it all around, removed its stones, and planted it with the choicest vine. And he built a tower in the middle of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. Then he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I've not done for it? Why, why, when I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? So now, let me tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will be consumed." I will break down its wall, and it will become trampled ground, and I will lay it waste. It will not be pruned or hoed, but briars and thorns will come up. I will also charge the clouds to rain no rain on it. Now listen carefully to this. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his delightful plant. Thus he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed, for righteousness, but behold, a cry of distress. Now, Jesus is going to take that situation in Isaiah's day, described poetically through that parable of a vineyard in Isaiah chapter 5, and he's going to apply it to the people of his day to illustrate the greater depths of their sins compared even to the ones of the leaders of Israel in the days of Isaiah. So now, come to Mark chapter 12 and realize, yes, this is a parable. It's a story. Jesus made it up, but it is directly connected to what God had already said to and through Isaiah. Mark 12, 1. 
says, and he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a wall around it and dug a vat under the wine press and built a tower. You ever heard anything like that before? That's exactly from Isaiah. And he rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey. Now, in this story, this parable, uh, the man who owns this vineyard um, built a very sophisticated vineyard. It had all the necessary things to be a significant wine-making operation. The owner, as described in the story, is wealthy enough to have all of this and also to rent it out to others to operate and manage it while he goes away tending to other interests. When something like that was done, the the renters were required to pay the owner, you might call it royalties, he would get a part of the produce of the the vineyard, and uh, the owner would send his uh, uh, delegated ones, his servants, to uh, collect at each of the harvest seasons. So this is a, a wealthy landowner. He seems to have relatively unlimited resources available. His, his vineyard is state-of-the-art. Now, if you haven't caught on, the landowner represents God, both in Isaiah 5 and in Mark 12. Now, let's keep reading. Mark 12, verses 2 through 5. At the harvest time, he sent a slave to the vine growers in order to receive some of the produce of the vineyard from the wine growers. They took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them another slave, and they wounded him in the head. He uses a word that basically they bashed him in the head. They treated him shamefully, and he sent another, and that one they killed. And so with many others, beating some and killing others. Now, Jesus is making up this story, okay? This is not a historical record. He makes it outrageous on purpose to make a point. If you're already getting furious at the wickedness of these vine growers, you're getting the point. But brace yourself, your outrage is about to get worse. Read on, starting in verse 6. He had one more to send, a beloved son. He sent him last of all to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those vine growers said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. They took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. Now, you might think it's absurd that the owner would send his son. Jesus is making up the story to make a point. If people killed the first few messengers that you sent to do a job, you probably would not only not send your son, you would probably send a heavily armed delegation of people to to take out the ones that were ripping you off and hurting your people. But this is a parable. And as we'll see in a minute, a primary point of this is the wretchedness of the sins of the leaders of Israel. Beyond that, You've already figured out that in this parable, with the owner representing God, uh, sending His Son into the vineyard is a picture of God sending His Son, Jesus Christ, 
to His people. Now, in the parable, it it would seem foolish that the renters didn't figure out, even if we kill the son, the landowner is still alive and he's probably going to come after us. But again, in the story, the way Jesus made it up, the renters also illustrate how utterly foolish sin is. People always think that they've figured out how they're going to get away with their sin. Me too. You too. Right? If only we would always remember clearly at all times that God sees and knows everything we do and everything we think and everything we say and everything we mumble, we would avoid a lot of self-deception. We would refrain from sin. Now, I'm going to spend more time on this as we get further on, but do you see how vividly Jesus is echoing the message of Isaiah 5? He's connecting it. Just like it was then, it is now. The Bible is all interconnected. Now, Jesus is teaching in the temple in Israel. He's teaching in rabbinical fashion. We pointed out a couple of those things last time. One of the things that many teachers do, especially in a good uh, teaching situation, is they ask questions. So he draws the crowd in by asking a question. And bear in mind, the crowd still includes the ones who were hostile to Jesus, the chief priests and elders and scribes who had confronted him. And as you will see, they knew full well this story was aimed directly at them. So, Jesus asked the question, Mark 12, 9, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine growers and will give the vineyard to others. Now, Matthew lets us know that Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, that Jesus asked the question and the people actually gave the answer. Obviously, Mark attributes it to Jesus, so they gave the answer, and then Jesus repeated the answer and explained it. But if we keep that finger back in, Mark, in Matthew 21, Matthew 21, 40 and 41, he says, Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine growers? They said to him, He will bring those wretches to a wretched end and will rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him the proceeds at the proper seasons. You think that um, John Newton was stretching it when he said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me? Where would he get an idea like that? Well, from a place like this. Now, we don't know if the people responded this way just because that's the obvious answer to the question as Jesus worked the story together. Um, Or maybe they didn't realize that the parable was about their own spiritual leaders who were standing next to them in the crowd, and maybe they just blurted out uh, the answer. We don't know if maybe the leaders themselves actually in a sarcastic way spoke up with the answer, realizing full well it was about them, and they were just wanting to have another reason to justify their hatred of Jesus. And they didn't need any more because they were already over the top. They were already plotting His murder. But really, what was in their minds and 
Who spoke the words of the answer to the question really doesn't matter. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.